welcome to Launch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications for the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches partnering together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. I'm joined today by GCC's own Nate and Marie Newell. They are located in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I might not have said that right, and Nate will correct me, I'm sure, if I got it wrong. Uh, but they're known and beloved uh, across our network, and we're going to be talking to them today about their call to Malaysia, uh, their call to missions, and what God has been doing, and some of the difficulties that they faced as the pandemic has gone uh, global, and uh, the challenges they're working through there. Well, I'm here tonight with uh, Nate and Marie Newell, who are not here tonight. They're here tomorrow morning because uh, they're all the way around the world. You guys are not even halfway around the world, right? You're all the way around the world? We're all the way around, halfway around from North America. And uh, it's kind of like back to the future. We we know the future for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so is this one, do, do any of your friends call you up to uh, get the final score for the games before they're over? <laughs> They've tried, and uh, but I tell them to quit gambling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, my word. That's so awesome. So you guys are in Kuala Lumpur. Did I say that right? Yeah, pretty okay. close. Yep. Okay. How? how it, so I'm probably, because of my accent, I'm probably saying it like really wrong, and you're just being nice. How would a, how would a local say it? Yeah, I guess we would say Kuala Lumpur. So I got all the accents wrong on the second word. That's okay. <laughs> Kuala Lumpur. Most people don't even know where it is on the map. So it's we're, we're not even fighting the pronunciation at that point. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Malaysia is a little bit easier, though. Yes, hopefully. Um, so you guys have uh, – so, Nate, you're actually one of the first people that I met when I came to GCC because you were involved uh, in the interview process that I was in on. My memory is that you didn't say a lot. And so looking back now, it was probably in the middle of the night and I'm not even sure that you were awake (laughs) through the whole thing. Yeah. Those Um, late night calls are, uh, they can be tough sometimes. (laughs) So I think you've probably been around long enough that, that most uh, folks in the GCC know who you are, but there probably are some folks who don't know you guys really well. So Nate and Marie Newell, um, Marie, why don't you go first and talk a little bit about where you grew up and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. Well, I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Um, we have some GCC churches there as well. And I grew up, my dad was a Bible college professor there at Lancaster Bible college. So, wow. um, we were, we were involved in church all the time growing up, hosting missionaries. He was the uh, actually the director of intercultural studies, the missions professor there. Um, although growing up, he, he served a variety of roles. So um, that's kind of, that's where I grew up. And I grew up um, tagging along on Bible college short-term mission trips. So that was my first introduction to seeing that there was a whole big wide world that, that God loves. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you, Nate? So I grew up uh, on this side of the world, actually. My, uh, I grew up in Indonesia. Uh, my parents were missionaries there. and uh, who, were, who were they with? Do you remember? Were, yep. It was with uh, a mission organization called TEAM. Uh, at that point, it was the Evangelical Alliance Mission. I think they're just now, I think they just use the word TEAM now for that. Okay. 
and uh, that was my those were most of my growing up years. I moved back to the states uh, halfway through high school, I guess, and finished high school okay. there. But yeah, that's where I grew up. So, how did you guys meet? We met at Lancaster Bible College. <laughs> oh. Of course, um, that was the spot that I was supposed to go with my dad being a professor <laughs> there and all. And uh, Nate ended up there as well, and um, that's where we met. Okay. Um, so was, uh, was he the, the good looking new kid that, that I caught your eye on the first day of class or was he like the guy that fell over on the basketball court and you had to <laughs> save his life and y'all oh, no. uh, fell in he love was, the he was definitely the good looking new kid that caught my eye right away. Although he was also the, um, coming in with a previous commitment, good looking new kid. So, um, oh. we were friends first before I caught his eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so Nate, have you repented of that delay? Yes. Uh, that's, that's all in, all in the past and <laughs> co- covered by the blood of Christ. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so, it was so great actually. when we, when we, uh, for our first date together, actually, I had, I made a massive mistake. Um, not smooth at all. We had dinner, uh, with a group of friends and I had to run off to a class and I had stacked all the you know, in the, in the school cafeteria, you have those tiny little glasses and I had stacked them all up, but I, but I put poured everything into one glass. I put it at the top of the stack. When I stood up, it fell over and it, uh, it splashed all over Marie. Like it was (laughs) the most unsmooth thing you could have done. So I, I went to class and I'm sitting in, it was like biblical hermeneutics. I wasn't thinking about that at all. So any bad preaching, I'm blaming it on this. Um, and, uh, uh, and really thinking like, how do I recover from this? And I actually, during break, I ran back to my dorm. My roommate had just gotten a package from his mom and I uh, had a, a package of Mrs. Fields, uh, chocolate chip cookies. And I stole it yeah. from him. I didn't even tell him. I just grabbed it <laughs> and I wrote her a note and said, here's some cookie- cookies to go with the milk, uh, that I spilled all over you. Can I make it up? Oh, and take that's it off? nice. And, uh, and that so, yeah, yeah, that was the, so of course I said, yes. That was yeah. the first date. Uh, she didn't say a peep hardly on that date. I had to carry the conversation, and I've never had to do that since. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So now, when you went to college there, had you already surrendered? So this is Nate. Have you had you already surrendered to any type of ministry at all, or, or did you go there with just like I'm just going to pursue God and see what happens? Yeah, actually, I wanted to uh, be a, a missionary uh, bush pilot. And the yeah. school had a mission aviation program. And so I, yeah. I went to do that. I, I spent the first uh, year and a half uh, training and becoming a pilot. And uh, I was at Urbana in 1996. Wow. Um, and one of the things that just were was really prevalent there was that um, people matter most, uh, not mm-hmm. airplanes. And it's mm-hmm. not that you can't be a pilot and love people, but um, it, that, that was just something that the Lord was using to redirect me. And so... Um, halfway through my sophomore year at Bible college, I, I switched out of the mission aviation program, just into the mission program. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, uh, shortly after when Marie and I were actually just starting to date. So I married the missions professor's daughter and thought I would go overseas. Uh, we got married right after college and, uh, and that was, uh, it took us 15 years before we got overseas, but that that was the Lord really redirected our heart for a while. That wasn't, that was even kind of a change of, of dream for a while before he surprised us and, and got us, got us overseas. So yeah, yeah, it's a winding story. 
So Marie, had you, uh, when you went to college, had you surrendered to missions or, uh, were you just kind of like seeking whatever God had, or were you going to wait for Nate to throw stuff at you and then go wherever he went? (laughs) Um, I was, I was definitely not sure of what God had for me. Um, I went basically because my parents said that we should all go first and take at least a year of Bible and then just seek, you know, what the Lord had for our lives. And so while I was there, um, I mean, I took a variety of counseling courses, um, definitely had a heart for wherever God would use me. And I actually took a semester and um, and studied in Indonesia. I did some um, correspondence courses. At, that was set up. I, I already knew Nate, but that was in process before I knew him. So kind of just mm. a neat way that God um, kind of wove our stories together. I had an aunt who taught at a missionary school in Java. And um, so I was going to set, spend a semester serving there. And that's when I I met Nate and realized he grew up in Indonesia and actually got to spend a month where he grew up as well. Um, so by the, time, um, by the time Nate had um, decided that, people were more important than airplanes and um, was on the track to just um, serving God overseas or wherever. I, uh, the Lord had done the same thing in my heart too. So we graduated not really knowing where we were going to go, but hoping to come to Asia at some point and, um, and full of lots of unrealistic expectations and big dreams. (laughs) So, yeah. I think we all go through that little trip uh, <laughs> when we're uh, when we're young and and uh, don't don't always know idealism from the God's leading in our lives, right? Um. So so how did you guys then wind up in KL? If you took it fifteen years to get there, yeah. Uh, how did how did that come about? So I you know we just, we got married. We were we were twenty two. I think when we yeah, got we married, and young and some wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentors in our lives said, you know what, it, it's not that you can't do this as 22-year-old newlyweds, but maybe there's some wisdom in uh, in getting some life experience. And uh, in particular, um, Nate, you, maybe you should at least get some seminary education. Um, uh, oftentimes, that's a, a needed and helpful thing uh, when it comes to leadership development in, in, uh, in cross-cultural settings. And so I... Um, I went to Moody uh, Theological Seminary. Um, mm-hmm. I enrolled in their MDiv program. Uh, that's a three-year program that I crammed into ten years. Um, <laughs> yep. And yep. <laughs> I did a semester full time, and and then got hired at a church. Um, and and it was just basically doing seminary part time mm-hmm. from there on out. And um, so I worked in a uh, First Baptist Church of Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was my first part-time ministry job, and then uh, and then I got a full-time uh, associate pastor position at a little Baptist church in another suburb of Chicago, and okay. um, and then a friend of mine from college, uh, Jerry Lingenfelter, who is uh, the pastor at Mission Church in Lancaster. Uh, I was on a call with Jerry today. Yeah, oh, very good. So we were friends in college, and uh, he called me and said, "Hey, our church is looking for somebody to plant to plant a church uh, in Lancaster County. Would you come and do it?" And I said, "No." Um, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he took this this country girl from Lancaster County and showed her Chicago that has you know the nations of the world right there. This yeah, great yeah. city. Um, and we were both like, why would we ever move back to Lancaster County when we've got, um, the world at our doorstep? So that was kind of our first reaction, <laughs> but God had other plans. 
Yeah, the Lord did have some other plans. I, I, um, I, long story, but eventually the Lord was clearly directing us to to that role, and so we moved. Um, we moved to Lancaster and uh, spent um, I don't know nine months on staff with that church, um, getting ready to plant, and then on uh, June twenty second, two thousand eight, uh, was our launch uh, our launch Sunday for Oak Hill Fellowship Church, which is also a GCC uh, church now, and. Okay. Um, so uh, we planted that church and we, we thought we were going to, um, at that point, it wasn't that we weren't interested in overseas things, but we, we just made a commitment. We knew we weren't just going to be there a short amount of time, or at least that wasn't our yeah. plan. And so we planted that church and, um, and really dug in and we were, uh, so when the Lord actually, um, alerted us that he wanted us to move overseas. Um, that we were, that was a surprise to us at that point. We were fully committed to that church and, and to the long haul of that church and, uh, thought that maybe, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, there might be, you know, something change and we might go overseas. But, um, I was sitting at a, at the Harvest University conference in 2013 and, um, the Lord really moved in my heart, uh, through, uh, through a session that was talking about what was going on throughout uh, the network at that time, and and uh, opened my, my eyes to the thing of KL, and uh, I I uh, I offered myself to to uh, the guy uh, the church planning uh, international church planning guy at that time, and and it was I really thought the Lord was um, just kind of testing me to see if I would yeah. be willing to surrender um, to to something. I, I walked up to a set a workshop on elders with Gene Getz, thinking. Well, I was obedient, but that's never going to happen. And uh, yeah, we weren't a GCC church or an HBF church at that yeah. point. We we were just going um, to that conference with our crew to get them trained up and use the materials and um, and be built up. And even in our own hearts, um, you know, God had worked in those years to take what was a burning desire to go overseas to just hearts that were totally in love with His church, wherever mm-hmm. that was. And so we were content in Pennsylvania because, um, we saw God building his church there. Um, Uh so we were, we were there not, not even thinking about, um, being any place different. And then Nate offered himself to a different job (laughs) 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 without telling me. (laughs) It really was a work of the spirit in that moment. That was, that was not by design. I wasn't trying to hide it all by himself. It was a surprise to me too, you know? And, um, so, but anyways, it was after, after I I called my elder chairman, asked him to pray and fast Mm -hmm. a number of other mentors in our lives. And then they all said, listen, if the door, keeps opening, just keep walking through it. And that ultimately, ultimately led us, uh, to a visit, uh, of our church, of this church here in KL in, in, uh, in April of 2014. And, and then, um, actually we came back from that trip and we thought that was going to be a no. Uh, we, we were pretty convinced that that wasn't going to be the way it was, but the Lord again was working in our hearts. And a, and a couple of weeks later, um, we said yes to it. Yeah. And, uh, and that was really a lot of my own wrestling. I, we came here to KL and, um, you know, I was looking at leaving a church that we loved, um, with, with people that were like family to us. And we came here and um, just saw a lot of the brokenness of um, a church that needed, um, well, needed care and love and mm-hmm. revitalization. And, um, and I took around, I took a look around at this international city that now I adore. And I thought, 
I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it here. <laughs> and um, my husband looked like such a fit, um, you know, being back in this um, really third culture city and um, just Asia in general, um, it just looked natural to him. And I thought, man, I don't, I don't think I have one bit of competency in this overseas life. Um, so it, it just really scared me. And I thought, I don't, I don't think this is a fit for me. So Nate was, um, just like, okay, well, we're in this together. So if it doesn't work for you, then that's not, you know, where the Lord is leading and just basically said, um, you know, um, we'll, we'll just leave it to the Lord that way and kind of left me with, uh, with putting it before God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so we came back in those two weeks, um, of indecision were really just two weeks of me wrestling, um, before the Lord until, um, finally I just felt his spirit say, just, um, just yield, you know, just surrender. And, um, and I feel like he's carried me on this beautiful journey ever since. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you guys have been there for a number of years now. Why don't, um, why don't each one of you tell, tell something that was, uh, like, super surprising in a great way, uh, in your, in the time that you've been there, like you could not even imagine that something like, like it would have happened, uh, and something like it did happen. Yeah. Um, well, there, there's probably more. <laughs> really yeah. It more has been a about. very surprising journey. Um, I think the one thing I'm going to say is just, um, what has been super surprising for me is the ability to work together with other women who are ministering here, um, in Malaysia. And that a lot of that has been through this local network, um, that we've been able to help, um, be a part of. And really Nate has even been able to help, um, you know, get started with a bunch of other godly men. So, um, our local network here of just um, gospel minded churches, gospel city network has been involved in just gospel renewal and supporting one another. And, um, through that, um, we've been doing, that's where I've been involved with women here in Malaysia and, um, and partnering with, um, Pericaleo, which is, a a group that was founded in the U S to come alongside pastor's wives. Um, and so just in the midst of that, I'm, I've been overwhelmed at how that ministry has coached my own heart, but opened the door to come alongside, um, women seeking to impact Malaysia. Um, and just having, um, in such a transient city where people are moving in and out, we're an international church. So we get to build deep relationships quickly and then say goodbye and then build another deep one quickly. It's been, I've been surprised by the gift of just being rooted in some of these friendships with, um, like-minded women who are, um, who are seeking what the Lord is doing in Malaysia as well. And also being able to encourage, um, you know, the stress on ministry wives crosses every culture (laughs) and, um, it's pretty, it's pretty similar throughout. So having a content that just teaches you to take the gospel to your heart and, um, and stand in the midst of that, no matter what the Mm -hmm. cultural expectations or voices over you and just, um, and just look to serve before an audience of one. Um, that's been surprising and a privilege. And just, I think right now, one of the most fun things I get to be a part of. So that's awesome. What about you, Nate? Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, there's small stories and maybe, but maybe they all kind of fit together into a bigger story of, of, uh, just, and, 
you know, ashamed, like maybe I should, maybe we shouldn't say this. Right. But, but like just the way that God comes through, um, but it's so different and unexpected than what you think. And so Mm -hmm. many times we've, we've had a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, we've had a very firm plan, a very clear plan, and it's worked out nothing like the plan. And, (laughs) and then, but at the end of it, you're just like, wow, that was so much better. And, um, and I'm so glad that that's the way it worked out. And I couldn't have seen that otherwise. And I think, I think in that too, it's just, um, it's the surprising and delightful experience of, um, the feeling the Lord rescue you after you've been in a free fall. Mm -hmm. Um, and nobody signs up for that. No, nobody signs up for that. <laughs> you're you're crazy if you if you you know in a, in a sense to try to purpose for that. <laughs> so I'm not trying to you know I'm not saying like some sort of maverick faith type of thing. It's just but working cross culturally requires that regularly. And so many times the the safety of of um, what I think would be just kind of the normal things of life in, in, in a culture that you're, you're comfortable in are just not present. And so, um, you know, really it's the delightfulness of knowing the Lord himself, um, Mm -hmm. while he uses circumstances that are terrifying, um, at times. And, and yet I wouldn't want it any other way. So, it, that's kind of a more general macro story. It's not not the specific. There, there's a thousand sure. micro stories that add up to that big picture idea. So you guys are in a uh, kind of an international city. Uh, a lot of transients, um, transients with a C, not transients with an NTS. <laughs> yes, uh, taking place, um, and the pandemic has had an effect. Um, talk a little bit about maybe some of the challenges that uh, you've faced there uh, that maybe some of our American pastors, Canadian pastors might not have faced or at least not faced them in the same way. Well, I was going to say the first thing that came to mind is just um, that our, the country that we love and we live in is changing drastically. Mm, So Malaysia used to be, um, I mean, next to Turkey, the most open border. I mean, almost like, a little crazily open. <laughs> so you don't, you didn't even really have to fill out any paperwork to come through. Um, and you could just come in, at least be here, depending on which country your passport is from, but at least be here for like 90 days. Yeah. As visitors, yeah. no, yeah. um, no need to, to sign in for anything. So just a really open country where all the nations of the world are flocking in, um, nonstop. And, um, even though we're, yeah. And just, and now, um, now just as a reaction to the pandemic and trying to take care of their own citizens and, and, um, keep this pandemic out or keep the numbers low, Malaysia's now their immigration policies have shifted dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, they're, they're probably one of the most closed borders in Asia right now. So yeah. if you're a foreigner and you're in, you probably need to stay in or you're not coming back in. <laughs> so. and that wow. dramatically changes our church as an international church yeah. full of, you know, expats and diplomats and Foreign international students. Yeah. We, um, we we're going through a process where a lot of people are leaving and nobody is replacing them the way they, that was, that was kind of the rhythm before people would leave, but there were always new people coming in. And, right. um, and so f- for us as a church, an international church, that, that 
has dramatically shifted and changed our congregation. We haven't been able to have an in-person service in six months. Um, wow. We were actually planning last Sunday to begin to do that and I had to cancel that. And so we're, we're still not meeting in person. And in that, um, you know, we have a lot of online different things. We pre-record services and post them on, you know, premiere them and all that type of stuff. But it's really hard in that kind of environment where we're not in touch with people to know new people in particular. Um, mm-hmm. It's dramatically changed our assimilation process. It's really difficult to, to take to get new people in um, into the life body of the church when we're all kind mm-hmm. of just doing things via online stuff and. So our church is, is changing, and quite honestly, I don't, we can't. I don't. We don't even really have a firm gla- grasp on the totality of that. Um, and so, uh, with with that, I, we when we first got here, this really truly had mostly internationals in it, and we have worked hard over the last six years to to really try to balance the scales a little bit more and have more local people in, in a city mm-hmm. like this. Um, most true locals would not feel comfortable in our church, but there is a large segment in a, in, in a, you know, in a city that has people who are connected to multinational companies or universities overseas or marriages that are, that are multiracial marriages. And and those people tend to feel comfortable in our church um, because of their international experience in other, other areas. More comfortable. They've been looking for a church that expanded outside of just ministering to other Malaysians, but yet still being able to reach into their neighborhoods too. So So we've worked hard to, to grow that segment of our church and, and praise God for that. Um, so in, in times like this, when, when foreigners are having a great difficulty being in this country and, and not getting in very often, we, we still have a church who, uh, of people who are, who are very much connected in that way. So it's okay. changed us, and I'm not even sure exactly what the final result's going to be. We're actually in the midst of, of uh, trying to figure that out, and, and there's, there's some cool possibilities, so there's some really scary possibilities. We just don't know. Uh, what the Lord is doing in all of this, but um, but yeah, we we still see Him very much at work, even in the in the things that we feel limited by. Um, there's definitely uh, pretty amazing stories of of uh, people coming to Christ and growing in Christ, and and so it's it's odd. It's just hard to know which side's up in this way. <laughs> yeah. So, given the uniqueness of your situation, kind of, uh, I mean. I think the churches in the States or the pastors in the States that are with GCC understand kind of the value of a network and and the role of a network in church planning and all that kind of thing. Um, but you're out, I mean, you're a ways away. Um, it's it's not like you just hop in a car and drive over to the headquarters in Indianapolis and spend the day, you know, visiting around. Um, (laughs) talk about what it means to be a part of a network, uh, as remote as you are from so many other churches that are in the network. Sure. So it's, um, there's really a unique privilege to be a part of a network. Um, I I think we've all, uh, historically in this network, um, you know, one of the highest values has been the relationships among, uh, among the senior pastors and, and the churches that oftentimes, um, are associated. And that remains, um, that, that in, that in, and that's vitally important when you're, when you're, working cross-culturally or just working from another country. And okay. I, I think the strength of our network in in having those relationships and loving each other well and, and really working for each other uh, continues to be um, a vital part of what we do. And, and quite honestly, when you're, when you're, 
kind of at an outpost, really important to have that. And yeah. so we've, um, but it takes work. It, it probably takes harder work. I don't know if that's true more or not, but more intentional yeah. work uh, to, to maintain those relationships and keep those relationships. And uh, we, we have a, a group of churches, uh, kind of East Coast based churches that are very much involved with, uh, with us. And I mean, just the, for example, just yesterday, I was reading a fantastic article about um, how, uh, how pastors can interact in a, in a very spurious uh, political environment and how, you know, mm-hmm. kind of getting comments from both sides of the aisle and, and how do you deal with that? And it was just a really good article that I sent immediately to, to uh, four, four pastors who are highly connected to us. Uh, and it's just because we have that relationship, right? We have mm-hmm. that, that, that continuation of, of love for each other and um, help for each other. And, and an ongoing connection and dialogue. You yeah. know, I think of um, throughout this uncertainty that we're facing and even as pastors in the U S face it, but we've, you know, I've woken up to notes from um, some of the GCC wives or um, those that are, that have leaned in and really been involved um, with us and um, notes of praying for us and um, verses. And especially I think for me in a church that has been so transient where we're saying goodbye so often being grounded by those relationships with um, GCC pastor wives who have known me from the start of this journey um, Mm. and have stayed involved. um, Those friendships have been, well, at times they've carried me, you know, so. Yeah, me too. So uh, again, you know, obviously strategy is important. Getting things yeah. done is important. <laughs> All of that is, is a big part of it. But I think when it really comes down to it, it's, it's, it's the care and, and the connection and, and just the relationships that are really vital that, that are really important and that, uh, that really, uh, particularly in, in difficult and dark times are, are essential uh, for, for our, our faithfulness to the calling. So it, I would say that, again, um, uh, that's a common refrain among our, our network that I, I think um, most people would answer kind of that direction, and which is mm-hmm. great because it means that, that that's a really huge value for our network in those things. And um, But once again, just for us, kind of in that cross-cultural thing, it, it, it becomes very essential. You know, another fun part of it for us, though, has been having a church where people are coming in and out, and we have foreign service workers who are being posted all different spots. So often we get the question as people leave that um, especially over here where they come in and um, maybe they haven't even gone to church before but because they're displaced and needing community in a desperate way being placed overseas you know they're open to things as families that they wouldn't be open to before so we've had many families come through where Harvest KL has been the first church that they really ever leaned into community with and then when they leave they're like how are we ever going to find a church like this again and we're like well actually (laughs) there's a whole network (laughs) so that's yeah that's really cool well nate marie thank you um for the ministry that you do uh that you allow god to do through you um thanks nate for the encouragement that you've been to me since i've known you and uh marie i'm hopeful to meet you at some point uh when you guys are able to to move around a little more um but thanks for hanging out. And uh, so it's, I'm going to go to bed here in a minute and you guys are going to hit the day dear, <laughs> That's right. here in a minute. Uh, so I hope it's a good one. And uh, I really do appreciate the the conversation with you guys.
Thanks, Marty. It's Thank been you. good to talk with you. And, uh, and again, just to appreciate you, not only you, but, but all of those that are part of our particular network and, and, uh, and, and uh, just uh, thank you for the way that we are able to encourage each other as we gather in, in different, uh, different conferences and, and oftentimes are connected just through resources and, and then mission itself and purposeful, uh, some of the purposeful mission that we're a part of. is It's really a joy to be a part of this network and, um, and exciting for, for what God not only has done, but what he's going to continue to do in the future. I, I look forward to that. Thank you for listening to Launch, the GCC podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, why not take a moment to do that in your favorite podcast app? Also, rate and review the podcast when you get a moment. That helps us with search results. And recommend us to your friends, maybe other pastors that you know, who will benefit from the content from this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our website if you haven't done that already. It's gccollective.org. That's gccollective.org. And there's a lot of helpful information. There's articles. There's how you can join the GCC, whether a church planter or an existing church, and plenty of other content that'll help you grow spiritually and encourage you in your leadership journey.